0: Challenge accepted. Can someone say that? Challenge accepted. Tell the person next to you, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Go, now, Leanna's got some Bible she's going to give out. So in your in that Bible, go to the book 1 Samuel. Say 1 Samuel, chapter 18. So in that Bible, she's going to pass them out. Go to the, in that, and we're going to look at that later. But So we've got that 1 Samuel, chapter 18. We're going to look at that, read that. And get involved in that but with this who knows what a competitive spirit is competitive spirit say that competitive spirit so basically it's a strong desire to be more successful than others come on somebody who loves a competitive spirit to have the strong desire to be better than everyone else that's what it is we got Sean here so who believes this everyone wants to win come on who likes losing no one everyone wants to win um, we want to be the strongest, come on somebody, we want to be the fastest, we want to be the smartest and we want to be the hairiest, come on somebody, if you, remember, <laughs> if you remember the undefendable koala message, everyone wants to win at something and so that, that is a truth, so with right that in a holy moment, we're going to pray, so if you, if you want to, I don't know how you, you want to connect to God, but we're just going to pray right now and believe that God's going to touch us, amen, how good was the worship, he's moving and he's going to move again, Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now that you're in this place, that you're, you're going to speak through my words, that they're not just some Josh guy, but that's your anointing, your authority, that will change the things in our hearts, our carnal nature, that we can be unoffendable, that we can leave this place and be a blessing to our parents, blessing to our siblings, blessing to our school, blessing everywhere. And we just thank you're going, you're going to move and that you're going to also be with Richmond as a destroy GWS tomorrow. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Who's, who's looking forward to yours tonight? Come on, somebody, get into that. So, with the competitive spirit, who knows that person that is over-competitive, that they'll make everything a competition. You might be like, who knows what it is, they'll make it a competition, yeah? So, uh, or, and so, or they're, they're like, they're an overachiever, they go the extra mile, you know what I mean? So, like, you might have, let's, for an example, say, we'll, we'll do a climbing competition, and so you'll get somewhere. And they are a better climber. And so rather than just going, sweet, yep, I'm higher than you, they'll just keep going to go to prove a point. Who knows those competitive spirit, overachiever people? Uh, there's a, yeah, there's those people. And so um, uh, I believe that everyone has a little competitive in them. Whether you're over competitive, go the extra mile or not, I think we still want to win at something. You'd agree? We've got that competitive spirit. For example, this can relate to everyone. Who knows that smart kid at school? Don't bump him. If it could be you, but who knows that kid that they don't try and they get A's. Just like A, 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 A. And then for you, you give it your all. You're doing homework for an hour. You're doing your homework for five minutes, like extra every time. And then you get a C. And you're like, what is this? This smart kid, they just sort of blink and the assignment's done. And you, you're spending hours and hours and you get a C, yeah? Then the day comes. Come on, say say, when the day comes. Say that. When the day comes and you get the A, and they get the C. Who loves that feeling? That is a competitive spirit at work within you. That is what the competitive spirit is. And so, so good, yeah? That is the best. That's that's like heaven on earth. You know what I mean? That's heaven on earth. And so sometimes people want to be the best at being the worst. That's the other example. You know what I mean? So you could be like, I had had a bad sleep last night. All I could do was fill the springs in my mattress. Then this person will be like, at least you had a sleep, and then, oh, you know what I mean? You had that person that the competitive in being the worst, and so you were like, "Oh well, but you might be like, but you had a bed? No, I didn't. I didn't have a mattress or whatever. It could be they just want to make be the worst at something because they got the competitive spirit in the wrong reverse reversal, and so uh, whatever, however that works, um, uh, or you might be like, "Oh, I broke my fingernail," and they'll be like, "At least you got a finger." Because, <laughs> but there's so many different ones, but. Society today is too politically correct. Amen. There's there's so many things, and so, um, for example, you might be in a running race, and the, the political correctness will say just beat your PB. Who knows what a PB is? Tacking nose, personal best. Sam Long is on it, and so at little athletics, that's what it's all about. Oh, don't worry about everyone else in your race. Just beat your PB. And so I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't. Like. So you, for example, we'll go if who knows who people who are verdict no horizontally blessed who knows what i'm talking about that's a politically correct way of saying it but a horizontally blessed if you have a race with a uh, uh, full of horizontally blessed people if the person that comes last bet their personal best they don't give a stuff that they came like last even if they bet their personal best they want to win you know what i'm talking about we all want to win um I th- that, and so i think it's because everyone has a selfish pride to be the best that's what it is we don't care about this beating the best we are we want to be the, the best out of everyone yeah because it's a competitive spirit we agree and so uh with that i think there's competitive rivalries in families you know, who knows what i'm talking about so who i don't know for, for me as a guy there's that thing that i want to be better than my dad i want to be stronger than my dad i want to be able to shoot better than my dad I, want to, I just want to be better than my dad. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, if your mum, you might be like, I want to be a better cook than my mum. Who knows, who, who has that competitive rivalry with their parents? You're just like, you want to prove them wrong. Because they're always like, we got wisdom, we got knowledge, which they do, and we've got to honour our parents. But who knows it's so good when you're, you're better than your parents at something. Come on, I love that. Um, the next one is with your siblings. Who, who loves being the best sibling? Whether it's like that, that suck-up sibling, whether it's like, Here's him. Here, Here's some flowers. Yeah, Brownie. He, he loves that feeling because there's that competitive rivalry. Whether it's being the strongest, whether it's being whatever, is we want to be the best. We want to win. And so with that, I've got a few personal stories of sibling, sibling rivalries. Who wants to hear them? So, as a kid, I had. I'm still dyslexic, but who knows the difference between a B and a D and a P and a Q? For a dyslexic kid, it threw me out. I'd be like. So people are like, spell bed, and I'll be like, dead, or like D-E-D, like, because I couldn't, I couldn't tell the, the difference between, because they talk about the bat before the ball, or the ball before the bat, and all this stuff. And then the P's and the Q's, I'm thinking, one's got a kick, but I don't know which one. You know what I mean? The Q, like, the kick. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell. And so spelling anything was a struggle for me in primary school. And so who knows my last name? Say it, Santo Stefano, Santo Stefano, and as a kid with dyslexia, that was a mongrel to spell. It was like, uh, it, uh, and so reception passed, didn't know how to spell my last name. Then this is the the the, the civil uh, the sibling rivalry is Mariah's a year younger than me, so when I was in year one, she was in reception. One day after school, we're in the car home. Mum's asking us how our day was, and I would have been like, oh yeah, I had a sweet donut from the canteen, or whatever. And she's like, I learned how to spell Santo Stefano that the competitive spirit in me switch was flicked and i was just like this cannot do i was stirred up and so she could spell santo stefano and i couldn't and so first of all she was a girl and second of all i was older so i can't let a little girl be a better speller than me come on somebody so i can tell you i have the drive to learn how to spell santo stefano so Otherwise, I probably would have waited until year three to learn how to spell it. But because I had the flick switch of the competitive rivalry, I had to be the smarter one. I'm older. I'm a man. I got to be able to spell San Stefano. So that was my, that's first competitive rivalry thing right there. Second one is I used to sleep with my door open. Who knows? What I'm talking about who loves that now. I and so my sisters are sisters. Who knows what girls are like? They love to talk. They're loud. They laugh and. They'd lay out and laugh and talk. And so, I'm in my hashtag blessed, I guess. People, who wants to go to a quick side note? People would often used to tell me stuff like, um, they were like, oh, you know, uh, girls are awesome because they'll bring girls home and you'll have too many to choose from. Not true. But, we, we, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm in bed because it's like nine o'clock and I'm trying to get to sleep, yeah? Come on, somebody. And then they're talking in the bathroom, being like elephants or something. I'm like... And I'm like, so I graciously, I graciously said, can you be quiet? So I was so gracious, I'm like, and they're like, Josh, just shut your door. I'm like, no, you be quiet. And so then Mariah's like, here we go, here's the flick switcher. Mariah's like, you're scared, aren't you? And I'm like, no, I'm not scared. Shut that door and I'm getting to sleep. Because she flicked the switch at me. I'm like, no, I'm not scared. reason why I had the door shut was because I was a big, no, open. It was because I was a big ears and I wanted to hear what I didn't need to hear or what I shouldn't hear. And that's the reason why the door used to be open. But now I cannot sleep with the door open. It has to be shut because Mariah flicked the switch in me, yeah? Who wants to hear one more? Who wants to hear one more story? So my mum flicked the switch in me and so what, who believes that I used to be a chick magnet at school? Believe it or not, I was. Somehow, somehow from, from middle school, I didn't have a cool hairstyle. I had a mohawk in year 6 but... I didn't have any cool hairstyles. And then I had my mother le- later as well. But before then, I just somehow just, I would be friends with these girls. And then I got to this stage where they'd be falling in love with me. And they go, I couldn't be in a relationship. i am like, no. And so being the good, godly, Christian boy I am, I didn't want to lead them on and put them on a path that was wrong. And so I'd be like, no, nah, sorry, look, I'm not interested. And so then I got so discouraged about just thinking, because I thought these girls were just top mates. And then they are falling in love, and I couldn't read it properly. So I thought, well, I must be... So it's hashtag blessed and favoured, you know what I mean? Because it's like, the girls are just everywhere. But, um, or oh, hashtag healthy self-esteem, really. And so I thought I was so... I thought I was so good that I thought, if I simply talk to a girl, they're going to be in love with me. And so I thought, I just had to avoid girls at all costs. I'm like, to be the Christian, it's the thing to do. I just can't talk to them, because if I talk to them, they're falling in love. Ha- hashtag healthy self-esteem. And so then... Because of that, Mum noticed this unhealthy pattern in me about avoiding girls at all costs. And so she says to me one day, she goes, "Josh, I don't think you can talk to girls." And I can tell you what—that flicked the switch in me. I go, you what? Like, I'll show you he can't talk to girls. But that's enough stories, yeah. Let's get to the Bible. One Samuel, <laughs> <laughs> and that sexy wife will come one day. But who knows what I'm talking about? There's those things in our life where they flick the switch that gets that competitive, that competitive spirit going, yeah. And so we're going to read one in 1 Samuel. So now go to verse 17, and we're going to read to 27. Are we cool with that? So one day, and so it says, David marries Saul's daughter. Keep that in mind. One day, Saul and day said to David, I am ready to give you my older daughter, Mirab, as your wife. But first, you must prove yourself to be a real warrior by fighting the Lord's battles. First example, if you're a giant slayer, you're a real warrior. Yeah? You don't have to prove nothing if you killed a giant. And so, um, for Saul thought, I'll send him out against the Philistines and let them kill him rather than doing it myself. Hmm, bit of a plan here. Who am I and what is my family in Israel that I should be the king's son-in-law, David exclaimed. My father's family is nothing. So when the time came for Saul to give his daughter Merab in marriage to David, he gave her instead to Adriel, a man from Meholah. In the meantime, Saul's daughter, Michael, (laughs) Michael, g'day, mate. Saul's daughter, Michael, had fallen in love with David. And Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Here's another chance to see him killed by the Philistines, Saul said to himself. But to David, he said, today you have a second chance to be my son-in-law. Then Saul told his men to say to David, the king really likes you and so do we. Why don't you accept the king's offer and become his son-in-law? When Saul's men said uh, said these things to David, he replied, How can a poor man from a humble family afford the the bride price for the the daughter of a king? When Saul's men uh, reported this back to the king, he told them, Tell David that all I want for the bride price is a hundred Philistine foreskins. Say bargain. Bargain. Say cheap. (laughs) Cheap. And so, but what Saul had in mind was that David would be killed in the fight. David was delighted to accept the offer. Say, challenge accepted. Then David fulfilled the king's requirement by presenting all the foreskins to him. Say, challenge accepted. And so Saul gave him his daughter, Michael, to be David, uh, uh, daughter Michael to David to be his wife. Uh, And we finish it there. Now, quickly with that, um... I've lost it. I was going to say, that's why I got my notes here. It's a trap. For example, so we saw there what that plan was for Saul with David. He tr- planned to kill him, right? It was a trap. So was, It's a trap. Um, and so disclaimer, sometimes we need to have some discernment and wisdom and go, this is this is not good and this could harm me, right? There's some situations in life, I'm going to give that disclaimer, and so we need a Holy Spirit Prophetic prompting and smell the rat, yeah? We've got to be able to have that ability. That's the first one. And the second one is that Saul had this plan to kill David and it backfired. Not far, but backfired as in it didn't go to plan, yeah? And so I've got an illustration here, right? Here we go. Who's ready for this? Who's ready for this? So for example, so Saul says to David, I want you to, I'm going to, I need this one here. Just gonna hold this for me. Just come up here. Hold this. Just hold this. So, so, so Saul's like, this is a bloke called Saul. Now, read this Bible verse. Proverbs 18.22. Proverbs 18.22 says this. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, right? That's what the proverb says. And so David was delighted to accept the offer. And he was like, so the price of the bride was 104 skins, right? And so David was like, cheap bargain, challenge accepted. So he goes, I can do that. Boom. Challenge accepted. I am going out. I'm going out to get my bride, yeah? This is David. He's like, challenge accepted, I am after that. Who's key? He understands this. He's going to get those four skins to pay for that bride, yeah? That's what he did. He got his chopping block out. He's like, King Saul, challenge accepted. The wife is mine. But but so and so then what happens is we, we saw that that he goes, um, so he, David goes, challenge accepted, he's got his meat cleaver and he's ready to collect, right? Then, then <laughs> He comes back, he comes back and goes, Gadi, And it, it said that he got, two, he killed 200 Philistines, right? So he needed 100 foreskins, but he killed 200 Philistines, which means he goes, King Saul, I want my bride. And he's like, we'll count him out. <laughs> One, two, miss a few, 50, 51, miss a few, 100, miss a few, 101, 102, 103. And so then, David, David, <laughs> you, David gave gave Saul double, say double portion. Say double portion. David gave Saul a double portion of what was meant to have because God blessed him as he faithfully served the challenge. Yeah, he accepted the challenge and God blessed him through it. Challenge accepted. Sorry, guys. This is good jerky. <laughs> so point one of your taking notes. What flicks your switch? Write that down. What flicks your switch? So when you have a competitive um, challenge, um, like, when you have a competitive spirit and you accept the challenge, nothing can stop you. David was delighted to have the wife, and there's nothing that could stop him from possessing that wife. The challenge accepted it, and you know what I'm talking about? He said, Yo, I'm stepping forward. I'm going to accept the challenge and go after that that good thing of a white." So that's the first one. What flicks your switch? You've got to ask yourself that question. What flicks my switch? And so once the switch has been flicked, activated, David went out and killed two, 200. It was a double portion, and not only w- um, not only will nothing stop you, God's blessings will follow you. When you when you get accept that challenge, and so David wasn't a conspiracy theorist, and because too often people were like, oh, they, they meant harm towards me, they meant harm towards me. Oh, this was so mean, This was so tough. But he goes, you know what? No, I'm going to accept the challenge and possess what's for me in my life. Yeah. So God, the screens there's going to be a picture, and it says this, and this is from Pastor Craig Rochelle. Your calling is too big to be offended by something small, and David did not let his his bride stop him from the challenge to accept it yeah and so then i've talked about this before proverbs 14 4 without an oxen a stable stays clean but you need a large ox for a large harvest and so what i say about that is your future is too big to be offended by someone else's poo or you got to go you know what god we are not going to not accept the challenge because we're not follow because we're going to follow you and pursue you and do what you've put in our lives yeah so then point two we get into it where most people see a death sentence, because that's what the plan was for David, the unoffendable see an opportunity for a double portion and God's blessings. I'm going to say that again. Where most people see a death sentence, the unoffendable see an opportunity for double portion and God's blessing. Another one, another one. Romans eight twenty-eight. This is what it says: and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. When, when we get the passion in our life go, you know what, God, we're going to accept the challenge you put in front of me. It doesn't matter what evil schemes come against us, death sentences, whatever it is, God will make that work for the best. It did it for David and he can do it for me, yeah? Who knows Jonathan in the Bible? Go to the kids' church, learn about Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan, wrong person, Joseph in the Bible. Joseph in the Bible, he says this in Genesis fifty twenty because he had the worst possible treatment in his life. He says this, You intended to harm me, and other translations say you meant evil against me, but God intended it all for good, so I could save the lives of many. And that's got to be our testimony, one youth. We're going to be a place where we go, God, we accept the challenge, we're going to move forward because our future is too big to be offended by the things that can stop us from moving into what you have for us, the double portion blessings. And so Jesus sets us a challenge, right? And we're going to read two Bible verses about the challenge or... Uh, he sets so, so Matthew 28 18 to 19 says this Jesus came and told his disciples I have given all authority in uh, given uh, all authority in heaven and earth therefore go say go and make disciples of all nations say all nations Amen. baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and so God has given us all authority for us to go and make disciples yeah first one acts eight. But you will receive power. Say power. Say, flick that switch. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And so we've got to flick that switch and go, you know what, God, we accept that challenge. Who wants to accept the challenge that Jesus sets us? In your presence, uh, is your response challenge accepted? Is your response offended? We've got to, we've got to ask that question, God, do we have the challenge accepted attitude like David? And so David, before the, it said that he uh, uh, he accepted the challenge before, and he went to do it before the time limit expired. So I'll read it here in verses 26 again. David was delighted to accept the offer, but uh, before the time limit expired. And so, for example, that he, ha- he accepted the offer and he went to do it before the time limit expired. And so, can I say one youth, each person here, each individual: Leanna, Aaron, Claire, Pastor Sam. There's a time limit. Ex, uh, expiry date on our lives we're only here for a flick they're going to put it on the screens james 414 but pr- basically says that we're on earth is like a breath it, it's here has gone my youth pastor zapped by lightning dead he's gone and so our life is so short and we cannot waste the opportunity david did not waste his opportunity to get his bride we cannot waste Waste of opportunity to get that good thing in our lives. And we've got to go, you know what, God, we accept the challenge and we're going to go everything into it before our breath is gone. Who believes for that? And so, and you might have heard this, write this down if you haven't. Our aim is to plunder hell by populating heaven. It's a popular Christian thing. We've got to plunder hell to populate heaven. And so everyone is going to hell unless we reach them. That's the, the core of it. Our streets, they're all going to hell. Our school, everyone is going to hell Unless we accept the challenge and reach them and show them the love of Jesus. And so we got to do that before our breath is gone. Because I don't want to go to heaven and go, you know what, God, I could have reached my street. You know what, God, I could have reached my school. You know what, God, I could have reached my sport team. I could have reached my work. We got to go, you know what, God, before our time limit expires, we are going to pursue that. And we're just, as David said, challenge accepted. I'm going to get what I need to get. Yeah. We've got to go, God, we accept the challenge, yeah. and we're going to reach the people in our streets. Oh, we're going to reach the people in our schools. And so, for, and so I want to encourage you that um, uh, for you and I to We stand, Youth Alive, you We stand, invite as many friends as you can to that event. Because they that's going to be an opportunity It's going to be fun, it's going to be full on, that it's just going to be, you know what, they're going to go, if this is church, I want that. If this is Jesus, I want that. And that's our opportunity going, you know what, we're occupying our street, we're occupying our school to be the witness of Jesus because we're going to not let our time limit expire without doing all we can. So can I encourage you with that? Get the, the flyers out at the foyer before you leave. Go, you know what, pray into it, God. I pray that the person that gets this takes it. But that, We're going to keep going. So, what's our church vision? Say it with me: to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. And so, when we are mature believers, we are unoffendable. When we are unoffendable, we accept the challenge to love our community. That's basically where it's at. We got to, we got to be, we got to not just say our vision; we got to live our vision. And so, there's a, a long story sh- to cut short. David and his wife got separated. They weren't divorced, but they got separated. And um, in a plan. It was Michael's plan. G'day, my name's Michael. I'm a woman. <laughs> it was her plan to save David's life, right? And so who's watched movies where someone might want to sneak out of home and go somewhere so they pretend to be sick, they put the blanket over them, and then so their mum goes to the room and goes, oh, oh, darling, we love you, and it's really just like a blanket or something under the bed, and that you're out yonder, um, or because they get grounded or something like that, so they hide under the bed like they're sick or something, and then they go off... Gallivanting. That's basically what happens in the Bible. So Saul's wanting to kill David again. He they set up this rig up this like big heap of metal under the bed. He goes yonder, and then they figure out David is it and then it's like so they've been separated, right? And then in 2 Samuel 3 14, it says this. How do no nope, wrong one next one? We're getting there. 2 Samuel 3 14. Here we go. David then sent this message to Ishbosheth, Say that Ishbosheth, <laughs> wherever it is, Saul's son. So basically, Saul's, Saul's dead, and his son is the king, right? And so it says, "Give me back my wife, Michael, for I bought her with the lives of a hundred Philistines." Now, if I don't know about you, but I thought he said he brought two hundred. Yeah, he went. He got the double portion blessing. And so basically with this is, um, if it cost him 100 but he he paid 200, why? He did not mention that, that the extra, because he was unoffendable and unoffendable do the extra for the right reasons and without keeping a tab on the bill. And so when we're unoffendable people, when we live this, we go, you know what? I pay off. I don't just do my tithe. I give my offering. Then when when something goes wrong, we don't go, well, what about all the times that I gave the offering? No, because we had an unoffendable attitude. We go, you know what, God? We give it all. When you get hurt at youth for something that just goes wrong that no one even planned about it, we go, you know what? We don't go, what about the extra 100 I gave? No, because we obviously didn't give it in the right spirit in the first place. And so when we're unoffendable, we give the 200 extra because that's the blessing of God on our lives. And so I love that because I, I saw that that day and like my mind just went, Poof. and that's going to be the revelation of what hun- one youth is built on. And I believe that for each one of your lives, that as you, as you, the price of something might be the 100, you give the 200, but don't ever be the person that then goes, when when it comes back up for why? That you go well. What about the extra? That is not the heart. When we have the right heart and we're unoffendable, we go. You know what, God? Music team can come up quickly, guys. Sam, Charlotte, you can come up. And so, we, and we can believe that 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 is going to be our testimony. Who who wants to see that? Who believes that we can do that? That as as David went out and did the extra, got the double portion blessing. He then doesn't hold on to that. He goes, you know what? I paid a hundred, and the rest was was all voluntary over the top and I just I love that heart I love that spirit and I believe that we can get that for all of us right now so what we're going to do is as the lights get dimmed these guys get ready into a song I'm just going to quickly pray then Sam's going to let's lead us into some more prayer and we're going to go where he's with but is that cool so take everyone stand up I'm just going to quickly pray, and we're just going to believe that God is going to move. God, we just right now thank you for the challenge accepted spirit, that we can have a competitive spirit in our lives. That's not about being the best necessarily, but it's about listening to what you're telling us and flicking that switch within us that causes us to action. God, we just thank you that as David was faithful with uh, the the expiry date of his life, that, and he he achieved what he needed to, and got way over the top. God, we want that same testimony for our lives. That as we just go, God, we want to we want to see our streets saved. We want to see our schools saved. That that, that when we when we're serving, that when we're giving, help us not be people that then complain about the blessing that we actually gave. Because because we, we want to have the right heart, and we want to be giving with the right spirit. And everyone said.